0: You rock, my friends. You Rock podcast is for women like you who want to own your life and live an engaged and joyful life. Hosted by Dr. Aliyah Majid, mom of three, devoted wife, and a scientist turned life coach on a mission to empower women to take control of their lives. In this podcast, we deliver tools, insights, and inspiration on rocking your own life, owning to your highest potential, and becoming the best version of you. Now here's your host, Dr. Aliyah Majid. Welcome back again. Have you ever thought about why do some people make it looks easy for them to dream big and achieve one big goal after another? It just seems like they can't stop hitting the jackpot. Are they just lucky or are they born in an environment that makes success inevitable to them? Or are they hardworking people? who devote their 24-7 to the work that they are passionate about. For me, it all comes down to these three simple frameworks. First is clarity. Second is systems and strategy. And third is consistency. In this episode, I'll be sharing with you how these three steps framework that I have been coaching And teaching my clients is being implemented in my own real life. I have used it again and again in my life to achieve almost everything that I wanted. But before that, before that, hold on a second. Make sure you have clicked the subscribe button below to be able to receive updates whenever my new episode is out.
1: taking into the point where you have built a career in academia, where you have grown into several higher education institutions. However, not too long ago, you decided to pack up and move to Japan with your family to then uh, complete your PhD. Can you talk us through on the motivation and also the transition that took place uh, that drove you to decide to move to Japan with your family?
0: It was in around 2017. During my master's degree, I was actually supported by the university that I was employed at that time. At 2017, it is at the end of my contract that I have to really work with them. If I pursue my PhD, during that time, it was not easy to get funding from Malaysia to pursue overseas. I was thinking about how can I go pursue my PhD because I'm still interested to go pursue somewhere outside from Malaysia. we were thinking about so many uh, options and opportunities, and my husband was also working with me at the same department when at the university. He is actually the same in the same boat with me, who, who was thinking about pursuing uh, his PhD also. And then he got an offer from his previous supervisor from the major university. They have collaborations on their research field and they have a big grant that they can give a bit help for the finance for, for my husband at that time. We, without me thinking too much on whether or not I have to take a leave and follow him several years uh, just following the husband, I decided that I just quit my job. I didn't have any plan for myself Mm -hmm. and I just want to follow my husband. Actually, that that was the the first motivation why I I went to Japan. I don't really decided to pursue my PhD at the time. My motivation is just to support my husband with the opportunity that he has uh, gotten during that time.
1: Which is an interesting transition because from being a wife and a mother who was there to support your husband, the intent grew to of your own uh, journey in pursuing a doctorate. Mm -hmm. And I understand that you were also self-funded during the process, which, which I find highly inspiring because it seems that you were so firm and clear in also pursuing that PhD. At which point did you felt like, okay, I'm already in Japan with the husband. I want to pursue a PhD as well.
0: After uh, the first few months when I was there, it was really like a honeymoon state and I'm so happy. I don't have uh, uh, too many responsibilities. I love spending time with my kids, but after a while. I found that I'm starting losing uh, my own self. I feel I have no motivation to wake up. And I started to feel like my kids uh, were a burden to me during that time. I was really getting more and more depressed because I'm not not having anything to do. Uh, That's the first time in my life I don't have any plan on doing anything. I I thought during that time that this must change because I need to find something that uh, makes me feel motivated to do something. I started to search high and low on things that I could do. And uh, the funny thing is that the, the only thing that I could see clearly at the time is that I am now in Japan mm. and I was thinking about doing my PhD and it started to see really clear to me that maybe this is the time. So uh, I started to really engage with that thoughts of. Why not now? Why not now? I started to think about the next steps because, uh, of course, uh, the first the first thing we uh, would know is when we started to think about pursuing a study is about the financial. Yeah. So I tried to apply to uh, Malaysian scholarship and so on. But as I mentioned just now, there was a lack of finance from Malaysia during that time. And because I was already in Japan, I cannot apply uh, scholarships for foreign students in Japan because most of these scholarships are for, for foreigners who are from their own country. I'm not qualified for them to apply for those scholarships. I started to think about another plan. I started to talk with my supervisors and think about what are the ways that I could get money to fund my tuition fee, he started uh, saying about there's this employment in the university, it is a research associate where you have to do this, uh, how many hours uh, per week of classes on top of your PhD and you have these other responsibilities. At at first I was like, can I do that? Because my husband was also doing his PhD and now I want to pursue my PhD. It's already double the stressful uh, period of time doing something big. So uh, I was what you can say macam like berbelah yeah. to 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 really can I do that but yeah I I tried to apply for that position I the faculty and ended up to they like me uh, because Maybe um, uh, having an international, someone uh, else who can speak uh, English. So they like uh, someone else to have uh, in the faculty uh, and I uh, get the position. So that uh, using that money, I pay for my own tuition wow. fee for the,
1: the whole three years. Yeah. Wow. MashaAllah. The clarity that you had in wanting to pursue a PhD and the effort that you have put in to find the means to finance it, I find that really respectable, now moving into the phase of pursuing your PhD, as you mentioned earlier, it's a heavy undertaking. And your husband was doing his PhD, you were doing your PhD, and both of you were raising a family as well. How did you adapt and adjust the commitments that you had while you were studying, while working part-time as an RA, and also most importantly, while raising your children? How did you adapt and adjust, manage your time with these commitments? It is
0: quite uh challenging time for all of us, for my husband and me. But what I always go by each day is to have clarity, like you mentioned just now, because when we start something big, we uh, really have to have a bigger why on why do we, we start this thing after all. And starting the day with, clear clarity of what is the goal for that day then and whether this goal really connects with the goals that I have for the month, for the year and so on. Really tracking my progress uh, without having my supervisor to really push me on or what or whatnot, me, myself, track whatever progress that I do is actually how I manage my time. Meaning that if I know I have made that certain progress, I am, I feel confident in myself and when i uh, gain this confidence for myself in my phd study i also can uh, be more engaged with the classes that maybe i was conducting and also be more present for my kids the most important thing is to have a really clear goal and priority list so that managing our time is much more easier
1: you mentioned some keywords there of being independent Managing your own time and having really high level of discipline to ensure that where you are against to where you want to be. And Alhamdulillah, how long did you take? Did it take you for you to complete the PhD? Uh three years. Wow. That is fast. So <laughs> 2017 and then 2020, is it? Did you graduate in 2020?
0: No, I, I started the PhD one year after my husband, so it was uh-huh. 2018. So I graduated uh, this year, 2021.
1: Wow. Wow. And this is while doing all the kudos to you because you had many other commitments at the same time, right? Now, so you completed your PhD. You came back to Malaysia. So in all, you spent more than 10 years overseas, right? Including your bachelor's and your master's uh, degrees as well. And then you came home and you shifted your profession. Into becoming productivity, success and productivity coach. So I do know that the need and also awareness in terms of well-being, mindfulness is gaining traction in one hand. And there's the other end of being productivity at the same time, right? There's the four-hour work week and many other concepts out there. The title of our conversation today is balancing productivity and well-being in and in study which you have managed to do in your lifetime. And it seems like you took those experiences and bring it, making it more accessible to people. Now, walk us through the process of deciding that you want to become a success and productivity coach, having done your engineering PhD before that.
0: It is something that I did not plan at all. It's something that... It's like a calling, right? It it actually happened when I I was in my third year. You you, you were in the middle of COVID and all the classes have to be conducted online. Instead of having this interaction with the students or with the lab uh, members, everything just stopped and it becomes online. I I think you, you also understand the difference between interacting online and physical interaction. That's when I realized that I've lost something that is uh, really big to me, which is human connection. I'm not actually an extrovert person, people who who likes to have to be surrounded by people all the time. But anytime I make a connection with somebody, the connection is much more profound and, and people feel like they are easy to tell me their concerns. They like to share their problems with me. That's when I started to feel like when everything changes to online. These kind of interactions suddenly gone. Because when we do meetings online, everything is on the agenda, right? What is the agenda for today? You have all these things that you want to cover. And you don't really interact in the more deeper sense. When I started to work at home, I, I felt this part of me suddenly gone, which is something that I think is the thing that I, I really look forward to in being a lecturer and being an academician, that's the thing. I, it's not the class, you know, actually giving lectures at, in the class. I think the one-to-one interaction with a person who really sometimes shares their problem with me, I think that's when I realized maybe there's something that needs to be addressed here. And when I look at all the news and all the things that we, we, we are seeing these days about depression and so on, there's a need in bridging between in a person's career and personal life, you, you cannot separate that two from uh, a person. This kind of thing is not something young, something which is uh, more popular in nature Coaching, maybe business coaching, that's, that's something that people uh, often uh, see in nature. But in terms of other than business, to coach a, a, a woman, especially who are struggling to work and also they have many other responsibilities at home or while also working at home and so on. I feel that um, a woman, a working woman really needs this thing. And because my friends always ask me also, how did you do this? How do you balance everything? I was thinking that I I like to share with them too, but how can I share this with wider audience? How can I? i give these things that I've already learned so that other people can do this too. That's when I started to think to go into coaching industries and to start learning, gaining the trainings on how to coach people. I think coaching is something that I would do at least for this year. In, in the future, I, I still don't know what would happen. But at least for this time being, I think that uh, this is something that I really am passionate about.
1: The word that I would describe uh, there is resolve. You are very resolute when you find a potential, you are very resolute in pursuing. Because it began from a personal interaction that you had with your Mm -hmm. friends and and with acquaintances. And then you (laughs) knew that there's a need for more people to get that amount of support and you wanted to make it accessible. So from there, you pursued the master's Practitioner uh, Accreditation from the International Association of Coaching. How did you go about in getting accredited? Uh, Because I think you want to practice and you want to have that papers in place as well. How was that process?
0: It was challenging also because I just graduated from PhD. I thought that, okay, I want to rest a little bit. But I think because I am, maybe I am used to being productive. I, I just I could not move in Malaysia and follow my husband. And because I have that experience, I had the experience of not doing nothing every day. And I don't like that feeling. So instead of not having a plan, this time when we came back to Malaysia, I said to my husband that by this month, I, I want to you know, get these trainings and by this month, I want to really start my podcast and so on. I think the experiences that I gained from taking the risk, whatever happened from the first transition that I had quitting my job, it it taught me to really, you know, you have to take control of your life. You cannot just assume that you'll be happy by just following other people's plan and just let it go and uh, not really thinking about what you want to do. I don't want to really let that feeling of uh, loss again. Before we continue on with this episode, I am inviting all of my podcast listeners, yes, that's you, my love, to book a 30 minutes discovery call with me. In this call, we'll go through your dreams, your biggest challenges, and quickly come out with a strategy that you can take next to 10x your success. So pause this podcast for a while and schedule an appointment with me via the link provided in the description
1: box below. Your website is much more lively than mine. I really have to say that I enjoy your website. Thank you so much. You're so generous with information. You run free masterclass. People can just sign up and you provide resources to them. And when I read the testimonials from people who were your client, who had gone through your program, I I believe that they really enjoyed the transformation that they felt. At the end of the day, they just wanted somebody who could be a good listener and advise them on on what's next. Mm Now, looking at your website, there's this Success Accelerator program. So in a nutshell. Give us an overview of what is the Success Accelerator One-on-One coaching program.
0: The Success Accelerator One-on-One coaching program is a 12-week coaching program where, where I go through uh, with clients who are feeling overwhelmed with not knowing uh, where to go with their uh, life, what's the next step to do, and maybe are facing burnout from overworking, this coaching program helps them to figure out what really they want to do in the, the next one year. This uh, success and productivity uh, coaching program is to really make clear on what are their goals and really bring strategy on how can they achieve their goals. Because we always listen uh, to, to people's dreamings about dreams and not really achieving them because they don't have a strategy, don't have a really uh, ways to track their progress. This coaching program is actually things that I've learned from my three years of balancing study and, and work and managing my kids and how I make sure that I really make progress with the milestones that I reach every year so that I can achieve my goals. This is the things that I, I teach my clients so that uh, they too can achieve whatever goals that they want.
1: Amazing, because the 12 weeks programs, you mentioned the word goals and then we mentioned the word track. And that reminds me of the time of you setting your goal when you were doing your PhD and being highly disciplined in in tracking it as well. Yeah. So this is a true example of uh, taking experience, bringing it to practice, make it accessible, Dr. Alia. By the way, it's draliahmajit.com. For the listeners, That's where you can find the information. So I'm going to go into part three. But before that, I just like to try to summarize a bit on some of the insights that we've gathered from the first two sections earlier, number one on the importance of a clarity, having a clear goal and target in life, knowing where and what you want to achieve. Number two is discipline. When you were talking about the way that you were tracking your own progress of your PhD, with minimal intervention from your supervisor, the level of independence is very high there. So number two, I believe discipline is very key. And number three, I would say resolve your experience as a parent, as a student, and now as a coach, to me, the consistent, uh, element across those three is your level of resolve is, is very high. It's clarity, discipline, and resolve. Three areas that I need to work on myself, Dr. Dalia. Now, Dr. Dalia, the majority of, uh, listeners, um, of this podcast, are working professionals who are also parents and they want to do master's, do PhD, some of them did not get to do their bachelor's degree. So they want to do bachelor's degree on a part-time basis while working and while parenting. But there are many questions that they have in terms of, do I have the money, do I have the time, do I have the energy to commit to an additional uh, commitment in addition to work, family, and so forth. So for those who are thinking about pursuing a master's or PhD and then this, range of questions are in their minds. What is the advice that Dr. Ali Ahmadjid has for them?
0: Personally, you have to be clear on your why, your true purpose of even considering to pursue a Master's or PhD because when you have a clear uh, purpose, when things get hard, it can push you even though it becomes harder and harder, especially in the middle of it because when, when you started your PhD, your master, uh, you might have this excitement and maybe you feel motivated at first, but in the middle, it gets really routine and you, you have to build discipline to do the, the same thing, maybe you know, getting into the same routine of your you know, learning and uh, discovering these things that you, you need uh, focus and attention. During that time, you have to really remember what is the purpose, the main purpose that you started this journey of yours. My main advice is to really have a clear why on you starting it because I I, I always listen to people who, who start postgraduate uh, studies, their master's and PhD. They say that because my mom said so, because my father said so, because uh, somebody else said so, that they have to do it. But in reality, do you want to really do it? I think some part of it is... They also want to to do it, but to really sit down and reflect on what's the bigger why, what is the main purpose that you are doing this, that would push you further. And inshallah, you will graduate successfully, inshallah. Are you struggling to find time for yourself or for things that matters to you? Or if you even ever find some time, you found that you can't simply slow down and stop thinking about work. If you are one of those women, you'll benefit from the Success Accelerator Program, my 12-weeks one-on-one success and productivity coaching program that helps you to do less and get more work done so that you can spend more time doing things you love. Book a free call with me at dralihamajit.com slash coaching or you can do a self-assessment using my free live audit workbook at dralihamajit.com slash live audit. Or you can even join my Facebook group from the link below. Again, thanks so much for tuning in. Bye bye. Assalamu alaikum.